it's important to consider how to protect your marketplace and your community from risk and from bad actors who may take advantage of the, the wonderful thing that you've built. So in this episode, Jeremy Gottschalk and I will talk about how marketplace founders can be thinking about uh, trust and safety and what you as a marketplace founder can be doing now to make sure your marketplace is safe. Well, Jeremy, I'm, I'm really happy that you uh, decided to, to join us or are willing to come on. Um, Jeremy, for, for you guys listening, um, probably doesn't need an introduction, but he is a co-founder of the Marketplace Risk, uh, of Marketplace Risk, and, um, and has a ton of experience in the marketplace space going all the way back to eBay and Craigslist days uh, for marketplaces. And so uh, I'm excited to get him on. There, there's probably no better person to talk about um, marketplace risk than than the co-founder of Marketplace Risk. So I'm happy to have you here, Jeremy. And uh, to get us started, why don't you go ahead and just give us an introduction to why is this a topic that you are are passionate about and have built so much of your uh, career around? Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm always uh, happy to and passionate to talk about uh, marketplaces. Um, so my background um, is a little bit, um, I guess, strange for where I've ended up, right? So I was uh, in uh, giant law firms for seven years. Um, I started, I was an IP lawyer originally, uh, and I started working with tech companies, uh, particularly early stage tech companies um, who had just secured funding. So our law firm would represent the institutional investors, then they would want to have a lawyer connected with the startup. Um, I started that in, uh, gosh, 2010. Uh, I went in-house, uh, spent seven years at the child, a largest childcare platform called Sitter City, which was recently acquired by Bright Horizons. Um, over the 10-year working with startups, one of the things that I think I've seen over and over and over again is this singular focus on growth and you know attracting investors uh, and i think that you know a part of growth and a part of success comes with you know you need trust and 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 certainly safety and, and all of the things that we'll talk about so as a lawyer i wasn't focused or interested in growth or developing technology i was more interested in the kind of the risk and the legal the compliance the trust and safety side that if not uh, done well or, or done correctly would certainly inhibit growth. Oh, I really appreciate uh, appreciate you going through that. And I would also love to hear just this this topic, um, marketplaces building out trust and safety. Um, why is that something you wanted to get into? What, what does the world look like today? So um, I don't know that it's anything I wanted to get into. Um, <laughs> I, I went in-house in 2010 and became responsible for risk and legal and, and trust and safety as the platform's first lawyer. So it all fell into my lap. Um, it, with childcare, and we also had senior care um, uh, properties, you know, we were dealing with vulnerable populations. So the stakes are high, there's almost no room for error. And so I learned really quickly that, you know, how important this was going to be to the success of the platform. Um, and so I fell into it. Um, I would say that my um, interest in it really was sparked because nobody else was focusing on it. Quite literally nobody, right? You didn't have any of the Facebooks or Googles of the world talking about this whatsoever. So 
it interested me because I noticed it was such a huge part of a business. And frankly, you know, trust and safety or risk aren't the part of the business that makes money. But when something goes wrong, they become part of the business because they impact revenue and they impact, you know, the, the uh, viability of the organization. And they also impact your ability to acquire customers, et cetera, right? So to me, it was interesting because I could have a real impact on an enterprise um, that wasn't product, technology, marketing, customer acquisition, revenue. Um, it was kind of in the background and, and became super important. So at the time, quite literally, like I said, nobody was focusing on it. And I thought, well, this is pretty interesting. I, I got to figure this out or figure out why. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I've always been on the, the growth side, right? I'm my, my, I've been in marketing my entire career. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I know, at least I, I very strongly believe philosophically that uh, the, the essence of a relationship between a company and a consumer or company and another company, if you're in the B2B space, is trust, yeah. right? You can't, you, can't build, you can't make a sale. You can't have that relationship without the foundation of trust and yeah. a product that people feel safe using. And so I, I think that... Um, it's exa exactly like you're saying. Sometimes you, 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 especially working with investors or venture capitalists, you make this pact for hyper growth. We're, we're going to go after it with all that we can. We're going to focus yeah. all of our resources on, on growth. Um, but you don't see the long term. And that, 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 that impacts how um, founders and executives think about growth in their company because they're thinking, I've got to grow now. Um, and so you see this, this short-term emphasis that, that sometimes leads to um, a lack of trust in the long term instead of investing early on and building trust in, through right. your product, through your, the, your user base. And so I'd love to hear any of the thoughts that you have uh, around that and the way that, the way that we're building companies now and the way that trust and safety has changed over time. Yeah. So like I said, you know, back in the early days, and I would say there's, you know, there's, I guess we're going into web 3.0. Uh, I think I got involved kind of, uh, you know, 1.0 at the end, 2.0. Uh, there, trust and safety didn't exist as a profession, as a, uh, a function, as a department. Um, and so when I got involved, it was, I guess, fell under legal and I think the really the only way you could capture trust and safety or think about trust and safety was kind of through customer service and or their interaction with legal, right? What happened, caused a lawsuit, caused an insurance claim, and, and that was kind of the, the it, really. Um, I think trust and safety has evolved to, in essence, you know, one, provide a safer community, but also to protect a company, right? So you want to make sure that the community community's safe just because, uh, but also you're not going to acquire customers if they're, you know, the community's unsafe, your reputation is bad. Um, and so, you know, I think that trust and safety has evolved to be not only a profession, a department, a function, uh, as a result of the the high impact that that function or that department can have on the overall enterprise, both in protecting the, uh, the community, but also, and I think, I don't want to say more importantly, because I think the community and human beings are more important than a corporation, but without the corporation, nobody has jobs, there is no community. So I would say the trust and safety folks are really protecting the company at the end of the day um, by keeping communities safe. 
back then there was nothing. Didn't exist. Ground zero. We started. And I, and I wouldn't say we wrote the playbook because there are smarter people, more experienced people. But when I was looking for resources, there was really nothing out there. So you know, I got together with some of our VCs, portfolio companies, some of our competitors, where we started to talk about these topics, um, really just to learn and understand what others were doing more as a benchmark, not necessarily a best practice. I don't think there are best practices because just because marketplaces vary um, and, and, uh, and many variables, right? So I think that the idea was really just to benchmark what we were doing, learn from others. Um, now, fast forward, Everybody's publishing their trust and safety reports, Facebook, Google, kind of you name it, which is phenomenal. Um, I would say, you know, in some respects, little late to the game. We could have used the, the guidance of some of these large platforms, um, but better late than never, one. Two, I think they're giving cover for all of these other smaller marketplaces to spend on trust and safety, to talk about trust and safety, right, to be honest with their customers about risks that have come along with you know, everyday life, really, but, um, you know, transacting with strangers, uh, you know, purchasing goods with, from strangers, right? So I think that um, now, relative to where we started, you know, 15 years ago is, you know, a complete 180. Um, and frankly, I think that the internet becomes safer in this regard, but also it allows for businesses to, to flourish, uh, you know, with, the ability to leverage trust and safety and, and focus on it. I think with the growth of the marketplace model, there the, the need for something like trust and safety um, grew so greatly that it's like, well, this is something we absolutely have to have now, right? That's right. and and it's grown. I think, like you're saying, a lot over time. I really love that you emphasize that there's no one size fits all model. Um, I for. for us, at least for me, I, I really strongly believe as well that um, you, you, especially in the marketplaces, can be so complicated that you have to serve them um, in, in varying ways, even as they right. grow. Like the, the growth of marketplaces can, can be very different one, from one to another. And, um, and everyone, not just in trust and safety, but I, like I'm thinking even where I'm at in like, like the marketing space, um, really every, every aspect of business, you're sold these one size fits all playbooks. Here's the playbook, go and run with this playbook. Right. Um, but it doesn't, they don't always take into account where your business is at, the needs right. that you have, things like that. So anyway, I really, I just wanted to point out, I really appreciate that. I think that's really helpful for people who are building marketplaces to hear is like all of these gurus who are saying, this is the way you have to go. Like maybe consider where your marketplace is at. I'm sure they're giving great advice. Um, right. but but there, there are a number of options and things to think through. So I'd love to hear from you. How, how would you say, um, if you're a marketplace founder, marketplace leader, um, really broadly speaking, how should they be thinking about trust and safety in their marketplace? Right. I think you hit, you know, you hit on a, a good point. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar with all industries, but it, it seems to me that this industry is one of few industries where one person could have a good idea or have a successful platform and they become the expert. 
Now, mm-hmm. interesting, right? But the reality is, is technology hasn't been around that long. And so you need experts to look to. You need, you need some sort of guidance, right? People, mentors, et cetera, to look up to. But it's interesting because, you know, people will turn to, and I won't name names or platforms, but, you know, a successful platform, a, a, you know, a successful idea. And then, you know, that's how we should emulate or, or um, you know, we should structure our processes. The reality is, is, I, you know, no one program, no one kind of ideology, thought process works for everyone. What I generally tell people is, you know, think about trust and safety through every functional area, product, technology, marketing, right? Interesting thing about marketing, for example, you know, marketing, the idea is to acquire customers, right? It's to get your brand out there, acquire customers, grow. In the very early days, marketing for marketplaces looked very different, I would say, than it does now in the sense that in the very early days, people, you would assume that the marketplace had employees that were performing the service or owned the goods that were being sold because the only way you could get people to buy into it is if this person was trusted. You couldn't say an anonymous person from somewhere else in the world is going to sell you an item, right? Because who would buy that? And so, you know, marketing, one of the things when I went in house in the very early days, one of the things I said to marketing is, you know, you're sometimes the the first um, image or the first example or, 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 um, you know, taste of the brand, if you will, that people have. Right. And so you have to be you know, transparent and clear, et cetera, because if people think that we, these are our employees or they, you know, they, they imply or um, impugn too much into the um, organization itself, you know, it's a, I would say it's a misrepresentation. People get confused, et cetera. And so, um, you know, through the entire organization, I tell people trust and safety is going to look very different for you than it looked like for your mentor who had a success or two. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, every platform, as you mentioned, different, right? There's two-sided, three-sided, B2C, B2B, et cetera. There are very many different types of what we'll call incidents, bad things that happen. I think they break down into two categories. One, it will just call the accidental inadvertent, right? A babysitter accidentally, you know, drops the goods, the vase, the whatever, hopefully not the baby. Um, the courier gets in an accident through no fault of his or her own, not drunk, not high, has a license, has insurance, but there's just an accident, right? Those things, you know, the actuaries, the insurance industry, they can tell you what probability and how often they're going to happen. The, the darker side and the thing that I think people really have to think about are how can bad actors misappropriate your platform? That's where I think the real risk is, not because the damages are going to be so great, right? Um, They could be um, small amounts over time, but if somebody is targeting your platform for a nefarious purpose, they're going to be able to scale that very, very quickly. Think fraud rings, organized crime, however you want to think about it. I think back in the day, people didn't think about that. People didn't think that there could be an organized crime ring targeting you know, Airbnb, Facebook, etc. 
but it's happening, right? And so part of the reason that a one-size-fits-all doesn't work is, one, you're, you know, you're different. Uh, part of what makes your platform unique and interesting and innovative is because, by definition, it's different than others, right? We don't need 48 Facebooks. We don't need 48 Airbnbs. It just it, it, it will never work. So you're unique, you're different, and so, too, must be the way you evaluate kind of trust and safety and approach some of these problems. And like I said, I think that if you think of the accidental incidents and then the the um, you know the nefarious actors, I think that you know let your imagination go wild and and you can start to address trust and safety in that lens. Yeah, and you're you're mentioned scale as well. I think like the does does risk increase for a company as as they scale. As I think the reason I'm asking is because I think a lot of times companies would rather um, deal with the problem after it's started to occur, right? And they don't they don't see it coming once they start once they begin to grow or they start to scale. Um, and so, like, it, should they be thinking about that beforehand? How could how could marketplace founders even just be thinking in order to be proactive about um, preventing bad actors from using their platform or or um, using it poorly? Right. So, so uh, you know, my career is is based on evangelizing risk to early stage and 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 young founders. So, my thought is, yes, you should always be thinking about it. Um, not because you need to create a line item or or uh, spend a bunch of money on it, but be thinking about it. There's very small things that you can do to mitigate risk for the company, for the community, etc. If you're thinking about it, if you're not, you won't. So. Some of it's just a thinking exercise and thinking through, you know, product developments, et cetera, um, in ways that, you know, accidents could happen or it could be um, purposefully misused. Um, so that's kind of the, the first part of it. But from there, you know, if you think about how, like, trust and safety evolves, right, um, the reality is that the, the teams, any of these teams are going to, at some point, or their aspiration is to become a unicorn, right? Let's put it that way. So mathematically, I don't know if risk actually increases. It certainly is going to grow with the business. And what I always tell people is if you become successful, by definition, you will have bad things happen. You have, or statistically, you will have bad things happen. It has to, right? Um, along with the good comes the bad. And, and people say, well, our, our, basically our platform is foolproof. You can't blah, blah, blah. That's all nonsense. If you think about the corner store, the, the shoeshine guy, or the bookstore, right? The moment they open that business, there's risk. Slip and fall, theft, all of those things. And that's easy, right? Because that's a, a physical space that they can control. You're now in the internet. You can't control anything. You can barely even control your own code or your platform, but there's hackers, there's all of that, right? So when you're in this, um, you know, th this kind of netherworld, you have way less control than a physical store. So what I tell people is think about, um, you know, keep your eye on that growth, right? But and understand that, as you point out, someday bad things will happen. I would argue that's not the time to be thinking about it because that's when I think you're going to disrupt investor confidence, consumer confidence, right? Um, early, early stage companies have the, I would say, best or that's the best time or they have the best opportunity to make mistakes for bad things to happen. No one knows about you, right? Uh, 
Right. If you think about like any of the unicorns, Airbnb, anytime something bad happens on Airbnb or, you know, something that's worse than a, a you know, a slip and fall or a cockroach in a kitchen, it makes news. Right. And, and that's because of their size. And that's not when you want to be testing things out and learning. You want to have those learnings before bad things are still going to happen, but you can mitigate that you know, bad reputation that comes with those things um, you know, as you scale. So I, I think that risk, again, I don't know if it, if it increases, um, but certainly you know, the likelihood of bad things happening is definitely going to increase. And you know, I would argue that Thinking these things through early helps you prepare for them. Even if you don't spend money, you don't have manpower focused on it. You as an organizational leader thinking about these things will help you deal with it if and when it happens. And like I said, what I tell people is when, when a bad thing happens, don't think of it as the end of the world. Think of it as a sign that you're actually you know, growing or, or uh, you know, in, 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 um, you know, I want to say making it, but um, you know, you're doing something right because you know, you've got more customers. The other thing is, along with your growth, you become a bigger target for the nefarious actors, right? So on the one hand, as you grow, bad things are going to happen. Let's call them accidents, right? It's just They just have to. Of you, between you and 100 people in your neighborhood, somebody's going to trip and fall on the street. It's just going to happen. Well, you with 100 customers, yeah, something might happen. 1,000, 10,000, 100,000. Now, bad things are going to happen accidentally, but you're also becoming a target for these fraud rings, for just nefarious actors. So, you know, again, I don't know if mathematically the risk increases, but certainly the frequency does. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. I think like the just a high level thing I took away from what you just said is it it is much better optics for your company to have when something bad happens because at some point something will happen for you to say we've we have a really good trust and safety function that is able to deal with this problem quickly um and that that instills even more trust in your marketplace when you deal with that well versus scrambling we're just we're trying to build up trust in our brand now we're building out this team that that instills a, a very strong lack of trust in in your company so it's it pays off in dividends i think to be proactive rather than reactive so that's really interesting uh, we're about to come to a close here but um is there any other practical thought that you would have for marketplace founders maybe to say um okay so i'm i'm thinking about it now i'm trying to think ahead is there anything that I should just do right now? What would be the first step for me to, to start to um, build a, a very safe marketplace? Yeah, I think a ton of it is DIY, right? There's, there's great solution providers out there that can help with fraud and fraud prevention and detection and things like that. Um, I, I think that uh, as an organization, uh, you have to start thinking about all of the ways your platform can be misused. And, and that's unique, right? Uh, a, a pet care platform is different than a rideshare platform, is different than a used goods platform. But think about all of the ways that the platform can be misused, number one. And you got to be creative because the bad guys are, for sure. Um, two, you know, think about ways, again, DIY. You know, if you don't have money in the beginning, you got to find out, you know, you got to find solutions with on a shoestring budget. But there are ways there, are, you know, you can collect data, you can detect patterns, you can over time, figure out who are the good um, the good customers versus the bad actors, um, and so there's a lot you can do 
very early on just by being aware. I think that um, just that awareness, that thought process goes a long way. Um, you know, you'll do what you can with the resources that you have. The other part of it is, you know, if you fast forward and one of the things you just, you just touched on is like scrambling. The way that these things end up really impacting reputation and where, you know, the, I would argue the, the, most repu- the most platforms take the biggest reputation hit is with the media, right? Um, bad thing happens on a platform. It gets broadcast. Information like that is not, does not go to two or three channels or two or three newspapers, right? It goes worldwide in seconds. In many cases, you know, these platforms, something goes wrong, you're, you're um, uh, contacted by a reporter, you don't have 10 hours to figure this out, right? So, you know, having a process in place, thinking about some of these things, addressing some of these things, at a minimum, if a reporter calls you or the police contact you, you can talk about, this is our platform, this is what we do, this is how we're prepared. You can always improve, but that goes a long way to being organized, telling a story, and also combating some of the reputation damage that would happen, as you say, if you're scrambling around, um, because that's just not the time to be, you know, to be thinking these things through and, and, and coming up with you know, answers and solutions. It's you know, early on. And I think a lot of that, like I said, you, you know, thinking it through and being prepared is half the battle. That's good stuff. So thinking through the... the evolution of trust and safety uh, over the last 10 to 12 years, thinking through what practically can be done in the marketplace and the types of risks that are involved in the marketplace. If you were to sum it up and say, this is the one big thing I would want maybe young or early stage marketplace founders um, to take away from what we've talked about, what would be that one big thing that you would want them to, to take away? Gosh, um, and it, there's so many things. Um, you know, one of the, I would say, very practical things is, I think it's a little bit overlooked, but, um, you know, figuring out the identity component of your users is really, really important. And I think it's very hard to do, frankly, right? Unless you've got really good, accurate biometric data, it's almost impossible. And so, uh, you know, it's not to lead people on this wild goose chase, but, you know, I think, and what I've seen over the years is people who are acting as themselves online don't tend to do rotten things, right? It's when they are acting as someone else, stolen identity, stolen credit card. Those people are almost 100% of the time doing bad things, right? There are bad people in the world that will do bad things accidentally or sometimes intentionally, but then you know who they are. They can get brought to justice, etc. Uh, and so knowing who your customers are, I think is super, super important. And I think is, you know, is often overlooked. Um, uh, you know, uh, instead we're looking at, you know, the functionality and the, you know, the, the, the app or the whatever, but they don't even know if the users are who they say they are. So one of the things I tell people, and this is super, super like practical and, you know, not that, um, uh, academic, but I, you know, understanding who your users are, I think is super, super important. And then I think, you know, a runner up to that is understand how your platform is going to be misused. And then, you know, you as a developer, as a leader an executive, you'll figure out how to address it. But I think if you've got those two things down, I think you're, you know, half three quarters of the way there. That's good stuff. Really good. Um, last question for you outside of this realm, that we've talked about today outside of trust and safety 
Uh, what would be if you just a random piece of advice that you would give to marketplace founders, um, just from from a different perspective? Um, I, I would say founders in general. Um, I would you know there's there's kind of two types of founders. Uh, there are the people who are trying to solve a problem because they found they ran across a problem and they want to solve it, and then there are other people. Who want to be founders and the amount of people that I've run into that want to be an entrepreneur or they want to be a business owner or they want to be an executive um, it, it's it's scary frankly because one there's gonna be a lot of lost uh, capital and resources but two you know the mission and purpose I think are super super important um, and so when, when I talk to early stage, super early stage founders, like, oh, I, you know, I'm not, I want to do a startup, but I'm not sure what my ears start bleeding. Right. Cause I'm like, why you don't, you don't want to do a startup. It's you know, long nights, like cold meals, no money, right. Risk day to day to day. It's, it's not a glamorous lifestyle, right? I think these huge companies and the billionaires that have, that, that have been produced by marketplaces make people think that. You know, there's this pot of gold at the other side of the rainbow. What they don't talk about is the nights of ramen and, and sleeping on floors and, you know, things like that. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm always more interested in talking to um, founders that are trying to solve a singular problem or are very mission. They're very they're very purpose driven um, because they might not have the answer, but they're going to figure it out. Versus someone who's like just trying to find a problem to solve. Um, probably great leaders, but you know, for, for my purposes, I, you know, I think this could be a, a really long slog if you're just going trying to find something to run. That's good. Really helpful thought. I, I love the two categories of of founders. Um, so thank you for joining, Jeremy. Thanks for sharing Absolutely. your expertise. I feel like I could just ask you a really poorly worded question, and you'd give me just a golden answer that's really helpful. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're definitely going to be linking to your LinkedIn and, and, you know, suggest for all of you guys listening to this, you would go and follow him there and start engaging and follow Marketplace Risk. We'll, we'll link to them on LinkedIn and we'll link to uh, Marketplace Risk's website as well. Check, check them out there. You guys are doing a lot of good stuff, putting out great content. Um, you host an awesome conference. So all that kind of stuff. Just go check out all the things that they're doing. Um, is there anything else, Jeremy, that you, you would like us to, to link to or that you want to mention to, to the listeners? No, and I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you, you telling the listeners that, not for you know, our own kind of growth purposes, but one of the things we, we try to do is provide free content to startups, right? My goal, I guess, in life is not only evangelizing some of this, but providing the tools and the resources so that you have no excuse, right? And so um, I think that we've got a ton of free resources, super useful, practical um, on the site, virtual events, content. Um, we've got now an app. You can connect with other experts in the industry. Um, and then our conferences, you know, we've made them super, super cheap for startup entrepreneurs, founders, uh, et cetera, operators. So, you know, the idea is that we change the Internet, certainly the world of marketplaces, um, in a very positive um, direction uh, with, you know, strong trust and safety, compliance, all of that. And, and we're providing the resources to do that. And we hope people will take advantage of them. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to link to that. Check out all of the great content that they're putting out, guys. And uh, Jeremy, thanks for joining. 
for all of you who who are listening, thank you for being part of the community that we were building here. Uh, small but growing, and I, all of the feedback that we've gotten, I just really appreciate that you guys are diving in and and helping out and consuming this and and uh, providing your expertise as well. Really appreciate you guys. This community has been really encouraging to me, so just wanted to tell you I appreciate you, and we we hope to get to see you guys in the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>